It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to your weekly dose of shock therapy brought to you by the Sadian Network. I'm Tyler Lawrence. With me is my co-host, Zach Alfers. What a wild, wild game we we it was already now a full week away since the Chargers played the Chiefs. Close Doesn't it battle, seem like forever ago? I, I felt like that was a last season. That it, that game so many days uh away. I you know, I, it feels like it was last season. Yeah, it seems so long ago. Christmas is in two days. Yeah. Uh, three days. Two days. It's 23rd. Two days from now, man. Merry what Christmas. What happened with by this year? I have no idea. Uh, what a what a wild week. I, I got I closed on a house. Uh, well, I got my offer accepted on a house, so I just purchased a house. So that's Congrats. my Christmas that's awesome. present right now. Uh, me and my wife got a, a pretty badass i'm gonna say that badass place in santee um so i'm excited a uh, lot's going on right now in in the nfl world half the teams like oh my god there's so much covid going around right now it's it's insane it's insane i tested positive for covid today so now i'm dealing with that yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm awaiting. I'm in quarantine. I'm awaiting my results. I may or may not have to cancel all my holiday plans too. Um, oh, I'm still getting. I'm waiting my results. It's it's affecting everybody. That's crazy. It is. It's crazy. It is everywhere, um, and every team is feeling it right now. I was gonna You're say feeling it. This week needs to have an asterisk on the season. It needs to be known as the COVID Bowl Week because none of these games, wins or loss, should count because. Everyone has at least like 15 guys on the COVID list. This shouldn't count. It should be the COVID bowl. None of these games should count for winner. It feels losses. like the NFL should just cancel this week and send all their players into, into quarantine and let's Bubble come back boys. and just extend it an extra week. And normally I'd be like, okay, let's, I'm down with that. But we play the, the Houston Texans who are probably feeling it worse than we are. Um, oh, yeah. Man, what a wild week. Let's talk about this Kansas city game. What are your thoughts on on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey just demolishing the Chargers defense last week? Well, I, I think I think what you saw is in 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 a way you could put numbers on it. 
that is the impact that Derwin James has on this football team. With Derwin James, you have a competitive football team that can guard some of those guys and then slow them down. No Derwin James, they go combined for over 350 yards or something ridiculous. Over nearly 60% of the Kansas City offensive production ran through those two guys. And I, I think what we saw is the Derwin James effect. When Derwin James is on the football, he is one of the most dominant football players, regardless of position. And, and just looking at those two games, the Chiefs game week three compared to the Chiefs game week 15, and look at those stats for those two guys, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Completely totally, different. Totally different game. Uh, and, you know, Travis Kelsey didn't start taking off until Derwin James went out of the game in the in the first quarter. So, yeah, it's just – it's insane. I think – like when you really like look at the impact Aaron James has on this team, he's a, he should be an MVP candidate just because yeah. of what he means defense. You take Derwin James out of the game, and it's a totally totally different ball game. I agree, and I think and, I, I think that gets mixed a lot with the MVP. It's usually who is the best quarterback on the best team right it's kind of who we give the mvp to but i guarantee that that is to me what i look for my criterion mvp who means the most to their team and derwin james has to be up there it was it was it was a fun game all the way out to the end we had a scary scary injury donald Parham. Oh, one man. of the scariest things i've ever seen uh, that happened pretty close to where i was sitting during the game uh that was such a terrible terrible thing to see it was scary Awful. like that's terrifying when you see a guy's arms just lock and you know ah just it's terrible I think he's done at least for the rest of the regular season um when you have an injury like that to be honest I'm, I'm putting him in bubble wrap and uh let him get healthy bring him back next season because that is that's so scary man well and it's it's one of those things you're talking about your your brain and your neck like that's not something like a bone bruise or, or like a thigh bruise that you can kind of just work through like that's your livelihood these players have a life after football um so you, you got to take all of that into account absolutely awful i'm just happy thankful that he was already released you know it, it seems to be progressing in his recovery and i just hope him wish him all the best in that recovery because like you said awful scary thing to see uh i'm just thankful that the man's alive because uh, i i really thought no all jokes aside i thought that we lost a football player that day i, I didn't think he was going to come back that was yeah it was i'm glad that he's doing really well i'm i'm hopeful for him and his family that he's able to get healthy again and i just don't want to see any more injuries like that like you get a concussion, most people just brush it off. But when you get one like that, uh, that that level of concussion where you black out and yeah. you go unconscious and there's a chance that you could go into cardiac arrest. And, um, man, it, it it's a dangerous sport. And I think that gets lost sometimes is just how dangerous football is, right? Scary, scary situation. I'm glad that he's okay. Um Derwin James, we, we already talked about it, like the effect that he has on the game. You look at what Travis Kelsey did in the first quarter compared to how he ended the game. Um, totally, totally different game. Offensively, I think that the Chargers were able to move the ball pretty well. Uh, I, I, Brandon Staley and his fourth down, his philosophy in football and just going for it. 
you're going to win some of those. You're going to lose some of those. Um, there's times where I feel like you do just take the points like at the end of the half, but you know, he le- lives and dies by those decisions and he's going to continue to keep making them. So at least he's consistent about it. I really wish we would have taken the points there. Uh, Chargers didn't convert when they needed to. They didn't, uh, they didn't get it done on those fourth down tries and ultimately it, it lost in the game. Yeah. I, but for one, I, I really love Staley's comments after the fact. Uh, this is a guy who is going to take full responsibility for any mistake uh, the media wants to deem or put on him. I, I loved his responsibility. No, there was nobody. It was no one player thrown under the bus. It was him. And he was like, this is me. This was my decision. You can put all the blame on me. But in that same breath, I, I think what he's get. We, we also don't beat the Chiefs without any of those decisions. Um those, you know, I love that he's also like, I'd do it again. I'd do it again. do it again. Even though we didn't convert, you look at, at the the when he went for it on fourth down in the red zone, hit Donald Palmer. Donald Palmer's falling to the ground, had the tragic accident, but that was a touchdown. That was seven on the board. Um it's a tough situation, but Chargers are are now having an even bigger lead, right? So it's like, you know, that. They, they converted that. If if you take the injury out of it, right, Donald Parham went down to the ground untouched, caught the ball, and then, you know, tragic thing happens, and, and yeah. you know, it doesn't happen. But that those were seven points. Like, that that was six points. They, they had that conversion there. That's a momentum yeah. shift to the opposite side. So you, you take that out, and you say he does score that, right? Because he, he did. He caught that. Yeah. Uh, momentum is shifted back into Chargers' favor. Who knows how the rest of that game continues to go? You know, yeah. I, I I totally I get all of that, but I I guess my point is a lot of people want to put this the blame of this loss on the coaching decisions, and I think the coaching decisions they gave us a chance to be in this game. They gave us a chance to be competitive. Oh, absolutely. We didn't execute. We dropped six balls in that game, and you were talking about the Parham that should have been a touchdown. Jared Cook dropped a walk-in touchdown, and yeah, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is a receiver, but he had Mike Williams on a walk-in touchdown. He could have just, you know, he didn't have to do much of a throw, but underthrew it. Like we had chances in that game, so I don't think the coaching lost us that game. The players' execution level in critical situations, I think, is what lost us that game. We had chances. We had a lead, in you know, two minutes in that game, and. I think at that point in the game, whatever team got the ball at halftime was going to score. The defenses were kind of just healed. It, it was an offensive game. The, at that point in the game, the offenses were humming. Uh, it was just a tough coin toss. We lost on a coin toss. I mean, 62 points scored in total by both teams. It was a high-scoring game. Um, and like you said, like, you know, Derwin James is there. Totally different situation. Uh, Donald Parham, the, the drops. A healthy healthy where we didn't have to give Joshua Kelly the ball on the goal line. I mean, there's a lot of ifs, but, you know, that's what football. You play with who you have. You play with the situations you have. Uh, It's a tough one because we had them. We had them on the ropes. And what what everyone wants to talk about Mahomes celebrating after the game. I have no problem with him celebrating. What what makes me upset is why he was celebrating. He, he won. That's what makes me upset that the Chiefs won the football game. That's yeah. what I'm upset. But he what that it. tells me, what that tells me though, 
the Chiefs are a little worried about the Chargers. They spend a lot of time thinking about us. Like the Raiders, just the other week, stormed their arrowhead. They kicked them, took care of them, and then didn't even bat an eye. Why? Because it's the Raiders. Nobody cares about the Raiders. No one's losing sleep over the Raiders. That no. game meant a lot to the Chiefs. You know, at the beginning of the season, oh, that's not a rivalry. I'll believe it when I see it. I think he saw it because th that game meant a lot to Patrick Mahomes. He wanted that bad, and I think it's because – we're putting a little fear into them. They are a little worried about us. They have reason to be worried. We have a, a quarterback under a rookie contract. We have a, a head coach who believes in his players, and his players believe in him, and that's a dangerous combination right by itself. Uh, there's, there's This rivalry is just starting, and it's going to be starting. there for a long, long time. I also want to give it up to Trey Pipkins for holding his own. Oh, my gosh. He played Absolute. so much better than anybody could have even imagined. I almost want to bring him back as a death piece now. Like that, that no lie, that was one of the best performances. And the line in, in general, absolutely dominant. I thought that whole game, run blocking. Um, I mean, 192 rushing yards. Excuse me, who is this team? But that was all I think on the heels of the offensive line. And uh, Trey McKitty, by the way, is a hell of a blocker out there at tight end. Which is something I'm really looking forward to. While while Donald Parham is out, you're going to see a lot more Trey McKitty in, in the games. You know, 30, 40% of the snaps. Because we like to play a lot of two tight end sets. And I see down this stretch, I see Trey McKitty getting a lot of playing time. It's going to be really good for his development to get some live yeah. game action. I haven't been able to see him as a receiver all that much. But... Uh, Parham was getting targets, you know, three, four, five a game. So we'll see what? where he lines, lines up and where he stacks up in, in those targets that are and now missed. I'd like to also just start to share, shy away from the Jared, Jared Cook. Um, just in the last game against the Chiefs, seven targets, three receptions. Um, he has Multiple six drops. drops. Six yeah. drops this year. Second most on the team behind Keenan. I'm okay with Keenan because he's getting 12 to 15 targets a game. It's volume. You're going to get some drops. Jared Cook doesn't have the volume to justify the amount of drops that he has. I, I get he's effective when he when he's there, but that's six drops on his name. He also probably should have been credited for the drop on that play a couple of weeks ago where he just gave up. Like, you can't give up when Justin Herbert's under center. That guy makes plays. Um I'd like to start give, giving Jared Cook a little less target share. Uh, I just don't think he's worth – I don't think he deserves the amount of targets he's getting on a game-to-game -game basis. No, uh, early on this season, I feel like he was much more effective. I also saw a stat where I think like half of Justin Herbert's interceptions are targeting Jared Cook too. And it, <laughs> if you really think stat. about Whoa. it, if you really think about it, a lot of those interceptions have been kind of right over that middle in his direction and a lot of tips by, by Jared Cook where he's popping it up and, and you know, they're not always Justin Herbert throwing into bad coverage. They're, they're drops. And uh, I, I, I want to look at that a little more closely and see, I even like, I feel like later in the season cook has been getting a little more lazy with his route running and you saw it when he was like rolling, when uh, Justin Herbert was rolling out to the right. Uh, and everyone was talking about, I want to live in a world where Jared Cook is looking at this because he like, 
He had uh, he couldn't made that play. Like that was an easy play if he's just paying attention. It is. He just turned around. He didn't have to be hustling. Like if he was just turned around, being the lackadaisical player that he was on that play, like he would have made that catch. <laughs> so yeah, Jared Cook is. Uh, he's starting to regress. He's starting to show some of that age a little bit. I still think he is super effective, but the targets that we are throwing his way, those need to go to a different player. And I wanted them to go to Parham initially. Uh, now that Parham's out, you know, now it's time to to see what Trey McKitty can do in the passing game. I, we already know he's he's a phenomenal run blocker. He's a, he's a true inline tight end, which is kind of the role that Brandon Staley had been talking about since the preseason of what his role was going to be. Um, he needs to develop some of his route running concepts and, and spacing concepts that a lot of the top chargers tight ends run. Uh, but this is his opportunity to shine and see, well, you know, what are we going to get out of our third round pick in the future? Um, he may be taking a pretty significant role taking over for Donald Parham. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think the, the forgotten part of this equation um Steven Anderson still a, a very capable football player who I thought throughout the the preseason was the best of our four tight ends in open field situations he has an unnatural wiggle for somebody that big uh I, I've seen him squeeze through some should be tackles and I wouldn't mind seeing him get some more reps uh, to me it's Jared Cooks is not playing with the 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 I don't know what it is, but it, it seems to me that he's like he's lacking the energy that I would like from a player of his caliber. He's just kind of just walking through the motions out there. I, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see some of these younger players get it because I think they want it more. He's kind of just like, I'm here to collect my paycheck, kind of playing with that mentality. And I just don't like that at all. I don't necessarily think that's what it is. I think I think it's his age. I think that it he could be that. Doesn't, he, he's not playing at that same energy he hit a younger Jared Cook would. I mean, the guy's 36 he's years old. old, right? yeah. And I mean, and the, he's the playing more snaps 13, this year than he has in his last few years. I mean, with That's the Saints, true. he was only he was only in like 50 percent of the time. Well, I mean, and he's he is been a, in every been snap. Backup. He's been a backup for the last three four years in New Orleans. Yeah, he um, was a rotational so, piece for them, and now yeah. he is a full fledged starter. So maybe that is what I'm seeing because he was not what I'm deeming lack of effort that it wasn't, we didn't see that the first four or five weeks. So I, I think that could be it. Maybe the effort's still there, but yeah, his, his legs are not the same kind of reminds me of, you know, big old Antonio Gates towards the end of his career, except all Gates needed to do was turn around in the end zone. And he's just right. so big. They could just shield off everybody. Jared Cook doesn't have that luxury. Uh, the last thing I really want to talk about is the Chargers run game. Justin Jackson came alive and Hello. Uh, we've been well needed. We've been talking about needing an RB2 to really step up. And we just sh were shown that Joshua Kelly is not it. Uh, we've seen that in last year. We've seen it earlier in the season. Uh, whatever happened to Larry Roundtree, though? I feel like Larry Roundtree just kind of went faded out of the background. He was getting carries early on the season and now he's not even suiting up. Didn't have a single carry. Uh, they, they gave the hot hand to Joshua Kelly, that hot hand turned cold and Justin Jackson, which we know Justin's talented as a, you know, one cut back. 
Uh, very, mm-hmm. very shifty. And we finally got him over 10 carries. And he had 13 carries for 86 yards. He, he was super effective. No, no really big long gains. He had one long of 22. He was just consistently getting those four or five yards. And the Chargers came into this game really emphasizing the run, limiting carries to Austin Eckler a little bit, knowing that Austin's a little banged up. Austin's going to also be out this COVID. I look at that as more of a good thing than a bad thing uh, in this week. We'll talk more about the Houston game here in a few. But Justin Jackson was a major, major factor in the Chargers offense, and it really worked out well for him this week. Is huge. Yeah, like you said, we, we've been – begging for this all season and i think what i saw from justin jackson the first time in this game that he's been missing he was decisive with his decisions when he put his foot in the ground he hit that hole and in the nfl the holes are only open if they open for a split second most of the time you you have to execute when those holes open and I loved his decision-making. In the preseason, in the first couple weeks, he was dancing back there. And it kind of makes me think, I don't know if Justin Jackson was 100% healthy up until this point. Last week, I thought he was not he He's never he been 100% right? healthy. He's I, I never come he's... into a season healthy. He's never, <laughs> never stayed healthy for longer than a week or two. But his health was at the best it's been this week. And I think that's why we saw... He had the ability to get through the hole when it presented himself. I just don't think with his injuries uh, up until this point, he had that. He wasn't healthy enough to explode. I, I loved what we saw from Justin Jackson. Now can we see it replicate down the stretch? I don't know. Um, but I think the good thing about being in the Chargers, the Chargers offensive system right now, it's really not predicated on the run game. If we do get some success from the run game, that's just an added plus. But our our offense revolves around the passing game, Justin Herbert, and our receivers outside. Looking at the list right now, we're going to get all of those guys for this week, which is is a welcome sight. Uh, There's two other players I want to talk about from this game. Joey Bosa and Eugene Owosu had an awesome game. Bosa had seven pressures. He had the one sack. Eugene was he had four pressures. He had also tipped that ball up and intercepted it right in the end zone right after the Joshua Kelly fumble. He that almost did that huge. twice, too. He almost yeah. did the exact same thing not too long ago. This time, The second time he did it, he actually came down with it, though. But, yeah, Nwosu's balling out of his mind. Thank you. We needed a pass. We needed a pass rush, some pass rush help for Joey Bosa. He can't be doing it all himself. I, I know the Chargers, you know, we don't have the sack numbers but we are top five in pressures generated. And those are our top two guys right there. They're getting after the quarterback with amazing efficiency right now. I love to see it. I love the number of snaps Uchen is also getting. He's playing a lot now that Kyler Fackrell's out, and you're starting to see him come alive a little bit more with some of those extra reps. Uh, He's a player that I I would honestly like to bring back next season. I know he's going to be a free agent. He had kind of a slow start to the season, uh, but as the back half of the season has really come out, it, he's been playing really, really well. And I think that that slow start's going to make him a little more affordable uh, just because he hasn't done anything super, super special up to this point. Uh, Joey Bosa, we already know he's one of the best pass rushers in the league. The issues with both of those players with containing Patrick Mahomes at the end of the game, and that's really where the Chargers lost. 
You can talk about how well Tyreek Hill played. You can talk about how well Travis Kelsey played at that very, very end. Uh, the, the last quarter in the fourth quarter and opening of the um, the overtime period is where they the Chargers lost. That, that was ultimately what ended up killing them was containing Patrick Mahomes, which they had done a, a better job early in the game, containing him, keeping him in the pocket, forcing him to throw from the pocket. But at the very end is when it just degraded and was non-existent. And when you allow Patrick Mahomes to create, you know, outside the pocket, create kind of outside the structure of the play, that's when he's at his best, in my opinion. That's where I feel like they failed to really uh, make an impact and, and really to put the game away. Well, yeah. And, and coverages break down over time. I mean, both of those guys, we had Tyreek and, and Travis covered up in the first four seconds, but you can't guard anybody like those guys. You can't guard scrubs for longer than that. Uh, that was a big thing in the first game that we did phenomenal. I don't think Patrick Mahomes got out of sight of the pocket, if at all. Um, and he did it at will this past week. And like you were saying, those were the all of those big gains came off great initial coverage. Passers couldn't quite get there. Mahomes, as gifted as he is, made a couple plays that he shouldn't have. And it cost us. Overall, the Chargers were able to get a lot of pressure on Mahomes, though. They had 20 total pressures in this game. Seven by Bosa, four by Nwosu. Jerry Tillery had three. Justin Jones had two. Chris Harris off the edge. We didn't get any real safety blitzes. Uh, that's been kind of a, a, a turnover type of blitz package for us because when Jaron James is coming off the edge and he's hitting quarterbacks, those are almost always fumbles. Uh, but it's it's really kind of what um, allowed us to have so much success early in the game was all that pressure. But then when you lose to contain at the end of the game and you're, you're yeah, I mean, how many of those yards did Travis Kelsey have just in the fourth quarter and on the final drive? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have the exact numbers, but I, but it was a lot. Yeah. I, I felt like that's where most about of 50%. His, yeah. Yeah. At least. Any closing remarks on this game? Um, I, I, I would say splitting with the chiefs. Not the worst case. I think the biggest thing I got from this game, the Chargers are building something. They're building an identity, a, a culture, and that's going to take some time. It's inevitably going to take some time. So I think we just need to show some patience and be super thankful that in his first year, he's already had enough people buy in. He's had the, the whole team believes in whatever we're building towards. They believe in it. Um, and I think that's pretty impressive for him to come in day one and have the people like Derwin James, Joey Bosa's who've been around the game a long time, have them buy in. Uh, I, I think that speaks testaments to the leader that he is. And I, I think just hold on. I, I we're very close to being something very special. So that's kind of my takeaway. I'll, uh, I'll leave it with one last thing. I do think that the Chargers did lose the AFC West with this game. Now, mathematically, is it still possible? Absolutely. Uh, but the chiefs have an opportunity to, to, to clinch if the Chargers lose against Houston, which I don't expect to happen. Uh, but I think that based off of what the Chiefs have remaining, they would need to lose, I think, two out of their last three, and I just don't see them doing that, especially being hot right now. Um, I do they're think that the fire. Chargers – Like, they're, 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 they're hot, so good right but now. then there's Chief 
on fire. They are a meteor about to ruin yeah, they're, the dinosaurs. Yeah, they're only getting better. I am looking forward to a third matchup come playoffs, and I think the Chargers do have a very good chance to make playoffs. I, I know that they have one of the most manageable schedules remaining. you got Houston, you've got the Raiders, and you've got the Broncos. Uh, we should win all three of those games. We also are still at the sixth seed, I think, to into the playoffs. And if you look at the remaining schedules of the team still fighting for a playoff spot, it's much harder for a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, unlikely, and I, I feel like the Chargers, I want to say, are at like 65 to 70% chance of still making playoffs based off of some algorithm the NFL puts out there. Uh, so Chargers are... Season's not lost. It's it's a it's a hard win because we did lose the division most likely out of it. But we're we're going to see the Chiefs again, uh, and we're going to play them a third time, and that's going to be the revenge game because I feel like a lot of these players are going to have a lot more to play for. There's going to be some anger, some animosity. Uh, I mean that that hurt on so many different levels. When yeah, I feel like every player played extremely hard. Um, so well and. That, that is the last thing I want to say. I I thought that game was over. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. What, just the hot and cold to st- from the start of that game. 75-yard kick return. Two very effective plays to get to the goal line. Going for it on fourth down just to see one of your better players knock himself out. Then Chiefs rebuttal with 10 straight points. I really would, you know, I thought we were going to give up right then. Just but but to have that whole team rally to see that and still come back against this Chiefs team, play them to the wire, have a chance to win, that that is a lot of heart, um, and that speaks a lot about this team. It does. I I think that this team still has a lot of fight left in them, and I think that this is kind of a good loss because I feel like it's going to make the players even more hungry. Have you know something about having getting revenge right in the playoffs that's just so satisfying. And it, it really gives you a chip on your shoulder and it makes you a little angry, you know, seeing Patrick Mahomes, you know, beating his chest at the end of the game at our home fans. I mean, that, if that doesn't get you excited for a third matchup, I don't know what else does. Yeah. I mean, and with the athletic ability in the NFL, right, everything is so close. So you're looking for any advantage you can get. So psychological advantages are some of the best you could have. Um, so, yeah, I'm stacking every chip I can. The Chargers play the Houston Texans, who are 3-11. and uh, They play them in Houston. The, you can watch the game on CBS. It'll be at 10 a.m. Pacific time. 
I'm really looking forward to this game because I want to get the, the taste of that last game out of my mouth. Yeah. Something sour about that. And originally, I thought this was going to be somewhat of a tough matchup after all the COVID things started coming down. But Houston is really dealing with a lot of COVID issues themselves. Crazy. If you're just looking at the NFL COVID tracker, uh, Houston has 21 players on that. And so many of them are starters. You got Lonnie Johnson, uh, defensive back Eric Murray, defensive lineman Jordan Jenkins. I feel like half their offensive line or, or four out of their five offensive linemen are on that list. You have Justin Britt, uh, Titus Howard, their kicker, Kaimi Fairborn. Uh, the, the, the biggest name on this list to me is Brandon Cooks, uh, linebacker Eric Wilson, uh, defensive lineman uh, Jaleel Johnson. You got uh, Derek Whit Rivers, Malik Collins, Lane Taylor, Justin McRae. So there, there's your four offensive linemen there. Uh, defensive back Terrence Mitchell, uh, linebacker Christian Kirksey, uh, Gruger Hill. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And it's, it's like half. It's they have 21 players. You have 22 on a football field at one point in time. They they are losing just about every single starter on on their team, which is just insane their quarterback is going to be davis mills because deshaun watson isn't going to play um he also won the starting job over tyrod taylor uh i mean if you look at their depth chart their starting wide receiver is going to be nico collins who's a rookie third round pick that went a few picks after josh palmer uh chris conley and philip dorsett those are their only wide receivers uh, you have Pharaoh Brown, Brevin Jordan as their tight ends. Um, their only starting offensive lightman is Charlie Heck, who I have no idea who that is. Uh, Max Sharping, who has played with the Falcons. I think he was a starter a few years ago. Um, I don't even know any other player on their offensive line who uh, they're just names to me. Laramie Tunsil's on IR. Uh, going on to their defense, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight starters out. Nine. I mean, geez, if you if you were their looking, entire their entire defensive line, COVID, their number entire their, backup defensive line, their backup COVID. defensive line, COVID. Yeah, we <laughs> this game shouldn't count. <laughs> I, I think they're going to be trotting out high school players to, to fill well, some spots here. They they had they had they added six players today, and so I feel like tomorrow, if you have a similar number, I don't think you have enough players to feel the team. You might I don't want to win. Giving like this. A, equipment manager a helmet, like I I think they're going to be forced to forfeit. Just looking at the numbers and with COVID just being as crazy as it is right now and Houston being well it's one of the most heavily hit teams right now I just feel like we're not done with uh the Houston adding to that COVID list I I think there's a big possibility that the NFL tries to reschedule this game to Tuesday or Wednesday kind of like yeah. they did you know or Monday Tuesday but and I don't want to win on a a forfeit I'll take it, but I want to watch some football, right? I don't yeah. care if you trotting out, you know, a uh, 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 training camp team to like, you know, well, a preseason it, team. That's out. what it's looking like it might be. 
I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. So they have one defensive end. They have two defensive tackles. They have another defensive end. So you got a, you got a starting with no – you have a starting defensive line with no substitutions. That team's such a mess. And then you got Deshaun Watson uh, over there just collecting, <laughs> burning salary. What a, who wants that job? Nobody, Nobody wants what that a, job. They have a organization. I mean, it's a revenge game for Desmond King. I bet you he's just sitting at home in quarantine, just waiting for this game. He, he's the only, he I think he's might be the only person on this planet who's excited for this football game. <laughs> <laughs> he's also the only starter on either side of the team, either side of the ball who's actually not dying of COVID right now. Yeah. Oh man, it is this is gonna be an interesting game. I'm looking forward to seeing Desmond King play because that's the only player on their entire <laughs> team who's even gonna get a chance to play. Well, you know who we're gonna see a lot of is second string running back Rex Burkhead. <laughs> and Royce Freeman. That, that's who we have to deal with. I, I, I was coming into this game, you know, guard Brandon Cooks. Slow him down. You beat the you beat the Houston Texans because that is their offense. He, that is their offense. He has over like 115 receptions this year. Now no Brandon Cooks. You're done. Like Nico Collins, I, I like him as a receiver, but there's a reason he went in the third round, right? He's unpolished. He has some developing now he's your number one receiver, your number one probably offensive target, your offensive weapon. That's and I mean the the Chargers defense we're a little undermanned, but we're not we're not missing eight starters. No, we're not. And I, let's let's get into that actually. So the, the Chargers do are dealing with their own COVID issues. You've got Austin Eckler, Jalen Guyton who are out. Joey Bosa is also out, and so is Keeman Hall. Everybody else is kind of a, you know, we'll see what happens, right? Like, see if they're available, ready to go. You got Joe Gaziano, Chase Daniel, Tevin Campbell, Corey Lindsley, Trey Marshall, Andre Roberts, Chris Rump. Most of those guys aren't even starters. The only thing that I, I'm somewhat kind of, you know, worried about is Corey Lindsley. But I, I, I like Scott Quisenberry as a backup. Uh, he was a starter for like half the season. Uh, two years ago and based off of every player that's going to be playing for Houston I might just roll out my second team everybody and just give everybody a bye week to get healthy um, yeah this is going to be an interesting game to watch it should be a blowout like a massive massive blowout and with you know, their kicker their kicker also on COVID I think this might be our first uh, shutout because they're going to go for it right you're not going to well, they did Brought sign second, earlier today. Did they? they did sign somebody to to replace them. But you know, this could if if you really want to like look at it for what it is, this could be one of those games where you have a record breaking something like points scored. Like this could be a a basketball points game on one side of the ball where you're scoring you know 115, 120 because. That's who you're playing. <laughs> it is. It's one of those weird types of games. And I think by the end, uh, by by halftime, you're putting in all your second stringers and practice squad guys. Like, this is one of those games where you're just, you know, keep your players healthy, limit the snaps. 
Austin Eckler isn't even going to play, which I think is a good thing because I, he's already dealing with health issues. You're going to give him a whole week to, you know, regenerate a little bit and, you know, get and rid of some of the soreness he's been yeah. dealing with. I don't think I, I really think Eckler's kind of been more banged up than he's been letting on let on this whole year. Cause there's been so many plays where he just gets tripped up on ankle tackles, where I know a hundred percent healthy Eckler is just going to run through that into the end zone. There's been several of those plays where he busts it and you're like, here it comes. And then he gets tackled by like a shoelace tackle. I think that doesn't happen to a healthy Austin Eckler. I think part of it is his workload, but I think part of it is him entering the season, not as healthy as he thinks. I think a extra week of rest with a low management from last week is, is exactly what he needs and get him healthy for this potential playoff run that we, we could be building towards. Right. And I, I also think a lot of it is also because coming into this season, you knew Austin Eckler was going to be a focal point. So I feel like teams are king on Austin Eckler a lot more than they have in previous seasons. In previous seasons, you would just look at Melvin Gordon and be like, okay, Melvin Gordon's on the field, it's a run, right? And now you're looking at Austin Eckler and it's like, look, it's either a run or a dump up, dump off out of the backfield to him. Like one of the two is happening. Austin Eckler yeah. has touched the ball so much this season. We're going to get into the Pro Bowl here in a little bit because I, I do want to talk about that. And I think he is definitely a snub. But, Snubber. I mean, he's having that kind of season. Uh, he's not having it in any particular position, which is why he didn't make it in the first place. But Austin Eckler has been getting so many targets, so many carries, always on the field because the lack of depth at running back for the Chargers. Uh, I, I see some of the injury, but I also feel like teams are keying on him and want to know where he's at at all points in time. Well, I think it is more that because also as a defender, you bring a little extra when you're going for the top guy, right? You bring, you bring a little more, you bring a little more, um, you know, they're not hitting Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, the same. They just aren't. You, yeah. And it's the same reason why in like the preseason, you keep a guy like Ladanian Tomlinson from not playing because people are out there looking to make a name for themselves. They come a little extra harder for their top guy. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I don't even know what I want to talk about matchup-wise. I, I would say my matchup is going to be all of the second stringers and how they play. And when I'm you know, reviewing um, next offseason, when I'm reviewing game tapes of players and, and trying to determine, I'm looking toward this game for all of those backup players, the, the Eamon Ogbong-Bamiga, the Nick mm. Neemans, right? I'm going to be looking at Trey McKitty film on this game. I'm going to be looking at, you know, all of our backups. And this is going to be one of those games that you're going to be able to look at and be like, okay, so we didn't get to watch this player play during the regular season at all because he didn't play, but he played this game. That's going to be this game. Those are those matchups on both sides of the ball. Like I said, the entire defense is out and the entire offensive line is out due to COVID and their best player, Brandon Cooks, is out on COVID. And their starting quarterback is Dave. I don't know what else you you want me to take away from this game. <laughs> there isn't really anything else. You know, Laramie Tunsil, who probably is their best player, has been on IR this year. Um, you're going to see Cole Toner play. So it's like, yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> we know what we're getting. Yeah, I, I think I was really hoping we were going to get some Austin Eckler action, but with no Eckler. I think you just kind of play to the strengths of this football team, which is our pass attack. We have a healthy Mike Williams. We have a healthy Keenan Allen. And 
who is their best corner? Desmond King. You kidding me? But Both Desmond King is going to be playing in the slot, so actually that might be a good matchup. Maybe, maybe though, maybe they. I don't know. He he's listed as their outside corner. He's been playing a lot on the outside because of lack of depth at the position. Regardless of where he lines up, Keenan and Williams are winning every rep he's lined up against them. They know him, and he's they're just way better. What I'm kind of interested in is seeing a lot more Palmer in the in the slot getting those matchups with Desmond King. Cause I think Desmond King is a much better slot corner. He just doesn't have the speed, the jumping ability that you'd want from outside corner. He's an instinctual player, just fit better for inside. So I, I think Keenan, I think Keenan and Mike Williams right now are looking at this COVID list, rubbing their hands together, getting their best evil villain laugh going because they're going to absolutely destroy this practice squad team that the Houston Texans are going to roll out. They, they just are. And we're going to throw the ball probably 40 times a game because we don't have a running back. I, I just don't see their secondary being able to keep up with our almost completely full strength receiving core. I, I just don't, they're not going to be able to play with us. You know, after everything that happened with Desmond King last season and, you know, his animosity toward Tom Telesco, I'm looking for the Desmond King, Keenan Allen matchup because I feel like Desmond King is going to be lined up against our best player. Uh, yeah. And we know that he's a target monster. And I feel like Desmond King is going to play hard. And it, I think that's going to be a fun, the only fun battle to watch in this game that's going to be like he's worth gonna watching. Try. He's going to try. Regardless of his performance, whether it's good or not, he's going to try very hard. So... I guess there's that. I, I think that is. That's the only thing the I'm most looking exciting forward to this thing. game. This game is going to end. If I'm putting a score <laughs> on this, ah, I'm going to say, what's seven times 12? <laughs> 84. 12 touchdowns? 84 0. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that, that is a prediction. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't you know, know, it's not going to get that high because I feel like at some point, Tom um, Brandon Staley is just going to start running the clock out. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a high, high-scoring game for the Chargers. Uh, maybe not twelve touchdowns, but maybe like I seven. Feel like a Twenty-eight, nothing. Madden skunk would be nice. I, I feel like that is way too low, though. For but, but for who's me, playing? Yeah. But like for you're saying, I feel like we get in by the third quarter, it's going to be game management mode. Let's just wait, get this game over with. I, I want to only third string players to play. So that's kind of where I think if our third string players go against whoever the heck they can field at that time. Um, I could see them keeping us from scoring. But these 28 points, they're going all up in the first quarter. And then it's just cruise control for the rest of the game. That's kind of how. That's my thoughts. Now I feel like I feel like this is going to be like a game where we get like two defensive touchdowns and that'd be sweet. You know, I, I this is this is going to be a NFL team. We'll call it a college team playing a Pop Warner team. Well, I want what I want is the start of the Giants game. I want the Giants game minus the just three minutes of horrible football we played because we had a we were pitching a shutout 
in that game. We just kind of let it, we just, I think, lost focus there for two or three drives. I feel like score. Brandon Staley is a, a big sportsmanship type of guy where I think he's going to get to a, a, a healthy lead and he's going to be like, look, let's just run yeah. the clock out. Let's not embarrass them. It's, it's already embarrassing enough as it is with all of the COVID restrictions. That's fake embarrassment, right? Like yeah. at some he's point you, you got to take some sportsmanship into this and be like, look, they're not even at, you know, half strength. They're, you know, 21 players. That's insane. And possibly can grow. So, yeah. And, you know, I mean, are none of these players going to visit any of their family for Christmas? Right. You know, the, the NFL, I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL just canceled this week, pushed all the games forward one week, pushed the Super Bowl out one week and just went, look, this is the best they path won. forward for every team. That is the best path. But you know who it, that's the best path for the players and for the fans. It's not the best play for the NFL's pocketbook, and that's what makes all the decisions. I They're going to lose money it, if they do that, so they will never make that decision. Well, maybe not necessarily. I mean, they're still playing the same number of games. They're still televising the same number of games. They're just pushing the season out one more week, which yeah. gives them additional ad revenue, Which because they're still going to be doing television ads and stuff like that. Um, I think – the hard part about doing it is the logistics behind it. It'd be rescheduling. Scheduling the season already is such a nightmare. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch. We did have six players make the Pro Bowl. Uh, we had Justin Herbert, yeah, Keenan Allen, Corey Lindsley, the offensive tackle, Rayshon Slater. We had there. Derwin James and Joey Bosa. All six of those guys, I think we I think I had Rayshon Slater making the Pro Bowl or preseason prediction. I don't think you did. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guarantee did not think he was going to be as good as he is. Um, I was not expecting this level of dominance is what it is. He's a dominant left tackle. Hasn't even completed a season. He's dominant. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I would say Pro Bowl. I, I probably not because I didn't think he would he play as good team. enough to get yeah. name recognition. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those positions where it, it's thankless. You know, nobody really outside of diehard football players knows an offensive lineman. So I thought that was going to be his problem. Um, but for one, Charger Nation is growing by the day. So shout out to all of all fans that I could fit on this hand. Um, but yeah. I, I didn't think I thought he was going to struggle with the name recognition. I did not think he was just going to ball out and dominate the guys like Chase Young or just go down the list. He's dominated some serious pass rushers so far this season. It's it was awesome to see. We also have a a handful of Pro Bowl alternates. Austin Eckler is an alternate. He's definitely deserving of that. There's a high probability being the running back position that he actually does get into the Pro Bowl. Um, not the best way to make the Pro Bowl, but hey, he made it, right? Uh, Mike Williams, Jared Cook, uh, Linval Joseph, and my personal favorite on this list, Gabe Neighbors. Yeah. You know what I love about Gabe Neighbors being making the, the Pro Bowl al- alternate list? He has played 36 snaps on yeah. offense as a fullback. 36. And... That just goes to show how much Charger fans love and vote for their players for any award, and it doesn't even matter. Well, how- and, and going back to our yeah our growing nation, we led the 
all teams and starters. That's awesome. Who are and, all named starters? I know Justin Herbert, Herbert was. Herbert. Slater. Derwin. Slater. And maybe Lindsley. Um, I want to say. Oh, yeah. Lindsley was too. Yeah. And it's such a big, like, I don't think people understand, like, yeah, it's the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl doesn't matter. It's a popularity contest. But teams that have the most named starter, named like players to the Pro Bowl, typically make the deep runs in the playoffs, right? When you have star players with name recognition, that's not a bad thing because they're star players. We had the second most voted in players in the Pro Bowl behind the Colts. And it's just, we have a lot of good players. We have a lot of names, like good name recognition. They're all like good people. Like, you know, Tyree Kill, nothing against Tyree Kill, but let's like none of these players have off field issues. One of our players is a a Walter Payton man of the year. Corey Lindsley, he's, I think, right now third on that list. So if you're listening to this podcast, go and 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 vote Up for low, Walter yeah. Payton man of the year for Corey Lindsley. But all of our players are, are like good players on and off the field, which I love been a a it's been tom telesco's building strategy you know bring in good players with you know good minds good hearts good all of that well and it's kind of always been this franchise's at least my whole lifetime we've never went out on a limb for a player with off the field issues it's just not a we're just not an organization that condones any of that um which i've always admired and, and liked about this team any closing remarks zach yeah, uh, Austin Eckler should be in the Pro Bowl. I, I, he should be a Pro Bowler. I don't care. I who who Jonathan Taylor deserving to be the starter, but who are the other two AFC backs that got in over him? Uh, I know, I know, King Henry didn't because he's been out well, for so it, long. But it's and I wouldn't be mad. That he's he's still like he's, third in in rushing yards. It's insane. Yeah, and I just been out that. like eight weeks. Uh, I can pull up the list. I, while I'm pulling up this list, of those players that made the Pro Bowl, who makes the All-Pro team? Out of our Charger players? Yeah, out of our Charger players. Who who all do you think is going to make an, an All-Pro? I think both the linemen. I think both the linemen make it. I, I want to say Justin Herbert, but I feel like Maybe uh, there's just too many good quarterbacks, I feel like, for Justin Herbert to make it in there. So I feel like our bets for all pro are, are really Lindsley and, and Slater. Um, now, I think they all have all pro potential, but I I, uh, I just think it's hard to say. I think Lindsley for sure is going to make the all pro. Uh, and, you know, Rayshon Slater, he's having a really dominant year. Um, it kind of sucks that he's going to, he, he missed that game. I feel like it's going to hurt his stock a little bit, not his fault. It was COVID related. It was an injury related. Um, and I feel like you need to play, you know, om- at least almost all 16 games, the other yeah. player and it, he needs a strong finish. Uh, Derwin James, I think still has a legit chance to make the pro bowl as a safety positionless player kind of does it all. And, you know, I, I feel like the all pro award is a little more, it is more prestigious in the pro bowl, but it's a little more meaningful because it's, you know, you're the one or two best player at yeah, your there's, position. There's less, right? 
yeah. yet, and there's less that make it, and I, I just feel like it's more accurate. It's not a popularity contest. It's literally like who was the best at their position. And right. I don't I can't think of a single safety who is better or more important to their team than Derwin James is. And it's not like it's a big year for safeties. There's no Troy Polamalu, you know. Yeah. You know, you look at some of the other like good safeties, Kevin Bayard. I think he's been injured for for a chunk of the year. I mean, I can't think of a single safety who's just having an outrageous season. You know, you got, you know, Jeremy Chin's playing pretty well, different conference, so it doesn't even really matter. But there isn't really any dominant, dominant safeties out there right now. And I feel like Derwin James is just killing it. I mean, Justin Simmons didn't even make the Pro Bowl, and he's got name recognition on top of that. Yeah, well, and that's kind of my reasoning for leaving Herbert out of that discussion I, I think he just has too much competition at the quarterback position um but I, I i could see that um your two best your two best safeties right now is Derwin james and 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 honey badger right matthew yeah it's not jamal adams um no it's jamal adams <laughs> fell off a huge cliff well he opened I, his mouth that's what happens you don't open your mouth just play the game so I, I feel like it's got to be Derwin James. Even I think Derwin is having a better season than than Nathaniel. He is dominant. I, yeah, um, and he's got the name recognition. Yeah. yeah, everyone knows Derwin. So that's all I got for today. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Leave us a review. Merry Christmas, by the way. Merry Christmas. Uh, we should should talk to you before the new year. We'll. Uh, 26th is the game, so the 29th, 30th, somewhere around there we might be talking. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART.